0: welcome back to the basement boys and girls you are now tuning into chunky glasses the podcast i'm your host kevin as usual um Got a really good podcast for you this week. I think I'm uh, gonna be talking about an uh, album by some some groovy uh, Brits from Sunderland, uh, Field Music. They have a new album out called Common Time. Uh, if if you're looking for the recommended, if you like, uh, think like ultra nerdy '80s, like XTC, uh, mixed with a little Talking Heads, a uh, little prog rock in there. Uh, they are uh, they've floated in and out in the aughts made some really interesting music. Uh, this was their their sort of return. They were gone for a little while. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. going to be playing a song from uh, School of Seven Bells' last album. Um, short version on that, a tragic story. Uh, lead singer of that band um, was taken by cancer. Or right about when they were starting to sort of get it, hit it big. Uh, very tragic. Uh, it was, they were a great band. Uh, so they have this posthumous album out. Also, uh, before we get to that, though, we're going to be talking about Uh, A little thing in New York where they wanted to sort of uh, build housing, especially for artists. Now, the funny thing about art and uh, artists in general and art, art is is simultaneously the heaviest thing about our existence and and the most meaningless. You know, sure. You know, we can live without it. We don't want to, though, but we can, which brings up a whole host of interesting questions. And so, again, in New York, they're proposing um, that they support their artists by uh, building them special housing, offering them special rates. Uh, I don't, you know, we, we get into this, and this is a very frank discussion about that. You know, we are in Washington, D.C. Uh, we have a lot of friends and family that make policy in this country uh, that shape what our society really is going to be. And arts, hopefully, will be a part of it. We're just not sure how yet. I don't think anybody has an answer. Uh, so, you know, this article was actually... We talked about it, I think, about a year ago. It just popped back up and didn't check the published date. Uh, but we said, you know what? We're going to go for it. Especially given the context of uh, the, the recent Union Arts uh, issues. Union Arts closing to be turned into a a uh, boutique hotel that has art spaces. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, again, you know, we don't have all the answers to this. Nobody does. If you if this engages you to think about stuff like this, uh, then, uh, you know, hit us up. If you think we're right about this, then, uh, you know, hit us up. Come join us talking about it. If you think you're wrong, educate us. You know, maybe you're right. We, we are malleable intellects here. Uh, and I use the term intellect loosely So um, that's going to be your podcast For this week Starting right now, so here you go This is episode number 165 Of Chunky Glasses, the podcast We're reviewing the new album from Field Music Common Time
1: okay. It
2: happens here And it finishes here Two men enter One man
3: Merely a two word review it just a shit sandwich I will roll the record up to the That right there is a, a logical fallout.
1: Offensive DDT. On <laughs> chunky <laughs> glasses. <laughs> yeah. Just new gum.
0: <laughs> Are uh, we ready? Yep. yep. All right, welcome back, gentlemen. Uh, Paul, you made it to another podcast. Eduardo, you too. Still here. Uh, I think you've missed your last <laughs> podcast, maybe. No, you're not. You're, you're yeah. going to go on vacation at some point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, heading, out, heading out of the country here. Uh, in the news today, something we've actually... We've actually talked about it last year, I believe. We might have talked about the same article, but I, I, it came up again. Uh, it's been making the rounds. So I wanted to revisit it, uh, especially in respects to a thing we have going on here regarding the uh, Union Arts uh, Arts Center uh, in D.C., which if you don't know, it was a it was a space that was owned. Uh, I don't know her, her name, but uh, it was owned by this woman a building where a lot of Local artists, whether it be painters and stuff like could rent a space like an art center does, but also a lot of the musicians like go there uh and put on some shows at union arts uh there used to be shows in the parking lot at union arts uh and it was one of the uh last uh it might be the last space in the city like that at that scale well that recently got bought by a developer and is going to be turned into a hotel, but they are uh They're accommodating uh, the art space still, but they say by cutting it back. I don't know the truth to that because there's varying reports on how many people were actually, like, leasing a space there versus how many people were actually, like, using it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're using a space and then you're, like, letting 50 your friends use it as well, that doesn't count. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the gist of this article was that uh, it was originally In Consequence Sound – Uh, was that Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio is planning on making uh, affordable housing, 1,500 units, uh, reserved exclusively for low-income creatives. Um, You know, we're uh, in D.C. where people make – we have friends who work in housing. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know quite where to start with this except for – let's start with the obvious, like, where is the uh who's who's going to be classifying these people as artists right right there's, there's is that, is that the shocking, biggest problem with there's this? a
1: shocking lack of policy specifics here so so what is the what is the process by which a person gets qualified mm-hmm. as being a creative person which like you know which which media uh qualify you know you certainly have people working in like uh, you might be involved in, say, trying to work on new ways to um, tell stories in the digital media with an ultimate goal toward, like, changing journalism, right? And that's a creative endeavor. We wouldn't think of that person as being an artist, per se, but um, it's important. And, and, you know, you might be able to finesse an argument that it has to do with storytelling. And so there's, there's an artistic component to it. But, but it's the problem of when you talk about creatives, you know, I think there's just a real lack of uh consensus on
0: on on what is creative right so. i mean can can somebody i mean the the loose guidelines here are uh making between 29,047 uh a year with families of four qualifying between forty one and sixty seven uh i mean can you deny somebody because you think their art sucks <laughs> or because it's transgressive or because it's like dipping
1: the cross in urine or whatever
0: right right <laughs> right can um, can you do something like that? Uh, can somebody, uh, poop in a bag, set it on fire, call it art. And then otherwise, and who is otherwise not an artist per se, but call it art and then qualify for this I, program. I
1: desperately hope that proposition gets tested <laughs> by like an anarchist collective, <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Yeah. So the reason, yeah, there's that's basically the the main problem. There's a reason I wanted to bring it up is is the big uh, the big G word, which gets tossed around here in these. Well, before a lot. before we
3: move on there, I don't yeah. know that that's the main problem. And okay, I, I, <laughs> oh it's, shit, it, it, it's we have a, awoken the giant. It's a big problem. And I look, I think I ranted about this a little bit last time too, so I don't I don't need to belabor it too much. My biggest problem with this is government's making a value judgment as to what types of, uh, industry and what types of jobs are going to be valued for low income housing. Like there is a serious lack of low income housing in every urban area, New York in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a real problem with it. And I think it's – anything getting more low-income housing into the market is great, but I don't see why a low-income painter is more entitled to an apartment than a low-income janitor. Well, the, like, the, why have why have the janitor or the food service worker have to commute two hours from, from Jersey every day um, and then say, oh, no, but, you know, guy with a guitar, you should be able to be hanging out in Manhattan.
0: Well, and, and the argument is – the immediate argument is simply that, you know, art enriches our lives and we would – like not exist without it, which is, I mean, I don't know necessarily if that's true. I know how I value art, but look, the majority of the world exists without it. You know, we talk about like casual listeners, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: the majority of the world gives zero fucks about art. We can all appreciate beauty as humans, but for an actual thing, you know, uh, somebody uh, just off the top of my head starving in a desert in Africa finds beauty in certain things, but they give zero fucks about the Louvre. Right. So uh, uh,
1: no. And I think, I think that's exactly one of, one of the, 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 the key things here is that um, there is someone in, you know, having been driven through like parts of like sub-Saharan, like rural sub-Saharan Africa, like there's art being made in those places. There's like local and, and they're not, you know uh, I don't know. That's it's, 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 art that arises out of the circumstances of their daily lives. They're not being given a privileged position that says, well, you know, you're doing this and therefore you just, you can kind of live in this separate area and be immune from some of the economic Mm -hmm. pressures of, of daily life. So I think it's, I think, I think the two questions that need to be separated are I'm not against public spending on the arts. No. Um, I'm in fact quite for it. Yeah,
3: I'm I, I, I want to make it clear yeah. I'm not a, I'm not opposed yeah. to that yeah. either. And, I like public And spending my statement on the of that
0: arts. like you know as I often do I, I am playing like devil's advocate yeah, in yeah. a lot of these, you know, clearly. Right. Art is important to our society. Right. There are like like in in the Democratic Republic of
1: Congo, they have different problems than a lack well, of, and that's of what, and, art being made and, and so that's and so do we in America. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, well and so so the so the question then is is this the right way to spend money and why um, to piggyback on on Paul's point, New York already has um, income-based subsidies mm-hmm. for housing and living. And why are those not enough? Why are all my wife is a registered dietitian um I know what dietitians make and they're the ones who are making decisions about what goes into the feeding tubes for sick preemies and like neonates. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you they can't afford to live in Manhattan. Right. So, so why, you know, they would either qualify for existing income subsidies, um, right. Or not. And I don't see why it should be different for artists to be. Yeah. And
3: then that's my biggest point right there is I, I think that, you know, funding for the arts is great i think we all agree that art is is important but at a certain point the decision to be an artist as your for your living is something of a privileged decision to be able to make yep. because anybody who's doing that could make the choice to go do another job but they've chosen to be they've chosen to be an artist that's great there are certain trade offs that come with that mm-hmm. i don't think that you should be you should have housing set aside for you that's not available for the dietitians or the medical techs or heck y- y- y rookie police officers and things like that right, right, who are making right. who people who can't live in the city because they've chosen to do careers that don't uh that don't pay all that well especially or or elderly
0: people elderly people who who are retired there are
3: there's such a huge segment of the population that would qualify on an income basis for this and i don't think that they should be excluded from scarce low-income housing units because they've chosen not to take an artistic career path right or because they haven't had the opportunity in their life to make the choice right to take an artistic career path which is more accurate for most people
0: yeah yeah and i mean i mean this i think what drives this uh patty smith was is quoted in this article uh and is with the union arts discussion um what is why is there an atom i think um that what drives this is is back to what I was getting to, the G word, gentrification. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. I feel the need to redefine it again. Gentrification is the uh, displacement of people in an area, uh, generally lower income people, uh, being displaced by higher income people. That's it. It's simple. It is not and has nothing to do with artists, it has nothing to do with whether or not you have a rehearsal space. You do. You are not entitled to that. Uh, it is a thing I hear time and time again here in DC, and it's fucking gross because all these people. Every, I mean, everybody in bands here in DC, they're smart people. You don't come to DC if you're if you're not motivated and smart and stuff. And to hear this come out of smart people's mouth is like. It's it's absurd because because artists are usually first wave gentrifiers, right? (laughs) Right? 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 You're getting
3: you're getting gentrified out of a space that you already gentrified. Now there
0: are some people um, that uh, recently, you know, uh, there was a thing Columbia Heights, an issue uh, with some displacement of some shelters, and uh, a bunch of artists that I know actually uh, went and uh, spoke up about that, Mm -hmm. and. All of their talking points and when they were getting people to go there were the right ones, but still buried like fifth or sixth was the one like, you know, no, no place to rehearse or whatever. Like just remove that from your thing. If you are privileged enough to have, you know, a guitar, if you're privileged enough to have a laptop, you can make music on if you are whatever it is like you. Can't talk about gentrification Unless you're talking about it from an activist standpoint And you're protecting the like indigenous Like culture that was in this Like place you know brookland Is where we are now Is uh rapidly gentrifying In a weird way because we have million dollar Homes Mm uh and In people who have lived here for 40 or 50 years uh This is what is happening in dc It's happening worse in places all over the Place in new york though I think, like you have, you have fairly
1: wealthy people being displaced by obscenely wealthy people. Right? right yeah. Right. I,
3: I, <laughs> I, there was an article I read the other day where they they, they did a study, and I, you know, I don't have the citation to it here. I could probably find it for the show notes if uh, if you wanted it. Where a significant majority of people making six figures in New York City are concerned about getting priced out of their neighborhood, like yeah. right, <laughs> like right. and this these are these are people who are professionals making very good money and they're like yeah not gonna be able to afford my rent for much longer because that's the way the real estate crunch is going in that city yeah so imagine anybody on a normal income or a mm-hmm. lower than normal income and trying right. to live there
0: right and i mean in in general i believe artists to be uh very empathetic to all of these things i mean sure there's some there's some narcissism involved but it, you know people are empathetic to this people want to uh you have a very specific uh, amplification of your voice. If you're an artist, uh, we were recently talking, uh, with Lucy Dacus, uh, and she is a big, like Bernie supporter. And I asked her if she is going to, uh, play some political events, Mm -hmm. which I think she absolutely should, regardless Mm -hmm. of who you support. Mm -hmm. Like you have that people look to that as, as something other, uh, whether or not I think that everybody can play music or whatever, but you know, that, that, that that is a fact of our society. If, uh, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe do that and, you know, don't worry about, you know, the, the union arts situation, they, they are cutting it down. I want to say it's to like a hundred spaces. Like they actually expanded it. That is, you know, and they might raise the rents a little bit, but that's, look, it's, the world we live in today, you know, go, go to the city council and get them to fund the arts. Like, don't worry about the place where you're making it.
1: Well, right. So that's so, and, and just to circle back around to the Patti Smith, I mean, that's, you just mentioned Lucy Dacus, who just made a fantastic fucking record and is, is poised to take over the country and right. possibly the world. Out of Richmond, Virginia, you don't have to be in Manhattan yeah. to to take over the world as an artist, Yeah. right? And and I don't even see that. Um, and and I I think the Patti Smith comment is 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 totally correct. Go find some other city. You know, like you keep yeah. reading that like there's awesome things happening in Detroit, um, yeah. Baltimore, Richmond. Like Detroit, there's all- you
0: could buy. A quarter of Detroit, yeah, right. <laughs> right
1: so I mean there'd be no water or electricity <laughs> in your house, but art man, yeah. but it's not you know so uh, the idea that 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 there are these struggling artists trying to make like like just don't. Factor in the cost of living before you make a decision. So if you're going to, if, if, if you want to make it as an artist in San Francisco, just accept the fact that Silicon Valley is going to set the floor for how much you're going to have to pay to live there in New York, it's going to be, you know, uh, hedge fund, uh, dickheads, um, which they all are pretty much. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not not a lawyer. So I I can say
0: the soundboard so I can hit the, (laughs) like the flame sound like, yeah. But that, but, but,
1: but that's just it. Like, like, don't, I, I think it's, I, I just think the expectation that New York has an obligation to somehow continue to support artists because they were formative to the development of the city and the city's identity is not like, there's a way to make those choices. And it's, it's through a bunch of other things. It's not necessarily subsidized housing for yeah. people who are
0: self-described artists. Yeah. I think you get the last word on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So look it up. Uh, do what you can do. You know, uh, everybody should fight for the arts. Maybe just not in this way. In fact, I will. I will go on record and say this is the wrong way to do it. Uh, so I guess let's talk about some rock and roll, unless you're Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
2: make mistakes
0: Smooth sounds you were just listening to, experiencing in your soul. Uh, we're disappointed uh, by the band Field Music off of their latest album, Common Time. Field Music is a band from Sunderland, England. They formed back in 2004. The core of this is the brothers David and Peter Brewis. Uh, they have been described, I think, accurately as prog pop. Uh, this is their sixth release. Uh, if you noticed hints of XTC. Uh, I'll even go like split ends and crowded house in there. Oh yeah. Uh, Then, then you, you, you like that kind of music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is. um, This was a release that sort of snuck up. You know, it, it, I have not been exposed to this band prior to us talking about this. uh, But I have since found out that a lot of people I know are huge fans of this band. Um, The Best way to describe this is uh, n- like complete nerd rock in my in my estimation. You know that sounded like a little bit of madness. Like our house, there's a very mm-hmm. very huge and palpable like 80s contingent to this. Uh, that you know Paul is is sort of shuffling in his chair and, <laughs> and being very uncomfortable and rolling his eyes because uh, you know this is uh, as I had said many times before. Uh, My my wheelhouse, the '80s at least. Not necessarily this. Um, I think Paul. What? Because I (laughs) want (laughs) to. I want to start. I want to start like digging into this with you because yeah, let's do that. Because look, we're both pretty nerdy dudes, right? Yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we like we like nerdy things, and. My thought when you were hearing this, you'd be like, you'd hear stuff like Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear stuff like LCD Sound System like that.
3: I can tell that they've listened to those bands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, if uh, and then then you pop up in GChat and like making crass jokes about this band. Yeah. So what? <laughs> how how you feel, man?
3: Uh, well, I got to say, I'm not a big fan of this album. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Um, and it has has nothing to do with the, uh, the musical talent on display. These guys, uh, very clearly know their music history. They know how to play their instruments, but it feels like all the surface with none of the soul. It's a lot of, I think, musical masturbation pitched to rock critics without a whole lot of, uh, Hmm. personal messaging or depth beyond the technical depth to it. There was nothing in here that actually drew me in. It was all just a bunch of stuff that made me go, oh yeah, I can see you're doing that. And then you're switching over and showing off your skill at another instrument, mixing with your sound structures. Cool. In an academic way. Not something that I actually want to listen to are not those skills impressive though, Paul, I can be impressed. I can be impressed with <laughs> a skill set without thinking that you have made uh, an artistic statement that I give a shit about.
0: OK, we, we ever big on uh, new wave stuff like 80s. No, no, at all. At all. I do not. We, like and we were discussing like STC, you know, that that connection. That that is that's a great caveat
3: because that is as far outside of my wheelhouse as you can possibly
0: get. Well, and to to that type of pop, and this was considered like this sound was this was new wave. Mm -hmm. This this was just new wave. And uh, for the record, I do not like XTC. Like I do not like it with ham or what you know, whatever that, however that's going to go. I'm I'm uh, I'm their only defender in the room. You're the only but, defender in yeah, the room, that's fair. Uh, and and it's okay. I, I'm not disparaging their talents. I'm just saying there is a level of of British uh, clinical uh, weirdness that and and it's not even weirdness. It's the cleverness.
3: Yeah, I think cleverness yeah. is a better is a better yeah. word for it because everything here. It's weird, like a movie that's, you know, calculated to be a midnight movie instead of one that becomes a midnight movie. Right. It's weird, you know.
0: Except I disagree with you on hmm. that. Is that. Th- this actually, I think, is like, rides that line of clever and catchy and gets into it. Now, it is, uh, I don't know, what is it, like f- 13 songs? A, yeah. 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 It is a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a lot to, that is – a lot of themes, I guess, that are repeated in this. But it feels to me – like I'm a big – I mentioned split ends before. And if you don't know them, that was um, Neil Finn and his brother uh, and a bunch of all, oh, right, all, other right, people right. who uh, who then – they broke and later formed Crowded House. But they were at the forefront of, of this particular type of new wave out of New Zealand. And it was very, uh, very catchy, very clever, and very obtuse. But they had the pop sensibility dialed in, which I think on this at least uh they have i mean this is uh, it's almost an, like an immaculate like pop album uh, eduardo do you think it might be too immaculate here
1: It's a little ornate at times yeah. um I think maybe that's part of what what paul's reacting um so strongly to. um it 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 you know it's 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 fussy. <laughs> Like there's like there's very fussy songs that'll just, you know, strings will kick in and then everything stops. And then you get this like majestic Bruce Hornsby type piano Mm -hmm. thing for four bars. And then it comes back around to the chorus. I mean, it's, 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 it's overdone. It's excessive. It's everything the eighties are supposed to be (laughs) from that standpoint.
0: That's why the eighties suck. No, they did not. Oh man. (laughs) You clearly didn't listen to my uh, 1984 playlist that I tweeted out. <laughs> I so clearly like, yeah. did not. I do not pay attention
3: when you send a playlist <laughs> usually, because yeah. the few times I've made the mistake of clicking on them, it's like 70s AM for the next six hours.
0: I guess that's better than I didn't listen to the album. <laughs> I, I enjoy I enjoy the shit out of both of those playlists Thank for you. the record. Thank you.
1: Um, but but what uh, what I really like about this one, I think I think you're right, Kevin. It's a little bit long. It kind of sags. Um, mm-hmm. There's about three or four songs where um, like you're saying, Paul, like I can, I feel a little bit manipulated. I can sort of feel the like, oh, you're trying to go for this band and then this band, and then you kick in. And, um, and I, I don't, I don't like, you know, um, seeing, being able to sense what's happening behind the scenes and that kind of, um, feeling manipulated like that. But, but when it picks back up, um, like the back end of this album has a bunch of strong songs on it. It makes me think of Roxy music and Tears for Fears mm-hmm. and Oingo Boingo. And like,
0: it just takes me to like some weird, and te- you know, And Tears for Fears is not in the uh, songs from the big chair sense. Although there were some, they, they got out there on that, but more in the uh, Sowing the Seeds of Love. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that, absolutely. That album, um, you know, Tears for Fears fell into this category for sure. A weird prog pop uh, mm-hmm. stuff. They skew, I think, more towards the Beatles and the thing. The, right, they, right. They definitely focus more on uh larger harmonies these yes. are very these are very compressed uh look you know we yeah. covered uh the cactus cactus blossoms earlier before right uh right. this year you know when you have siblings singing together you can hit you can just do shit you the you brother ca- powers you can't yeah. do otherwise there's there's a nice
1: little bit of psychedelia about this mm-hmm. album though, which is that which to me is that XTC piece, and it's almost the like I think I was saying to you, Kevin, it's like there there was Nuggets and then there was Children of Nuggets, and these would be like the grandchildren of Nuggets, maybe. Yeah, who were Nuggets I, I don't know who they were. It was like a it was a box set of like weird oh, psychedelic. Oh, that. yeah yeah yeah. yeah okay. So that so that's Nuggets, and then, and then there was a box set from the '80s that was like the children of these weirdos from yeah, the yeah. '60s and '70s, and so and these guys would be the next wave of of that. Um, because it it's, it's um, again, ornate, orchestral, fussy. And if you don't like any of those things, there's no way you're going to like this album. Like, if you don't on some level think that Spinal Tap songs are actually kind of good
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and not
0: just a joke, you're not going to be able to right, deal no. with this, you know? <laughs> uh, let's hear a song right now for that. Uh, this is actually the single off of this. Uh, this is uh, The Noisy Days Are Over uh, off of... Common time. Everybody was feeling the funk in that except for you, Paul.
1: That's fine. Um, Paul was busy murdering puppies.
2: <laughs> Dude, that <laughs> happened. It's not even
1: funny, man. Oh, sorry. sorry. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, other, other animals, squirrels.
0: Squirrels? Paul was good. Squirrels chasing are good.
3: Squirrels and, yeah, yeah, no get, good like, squirrels. Yeah, they get into my garden. I don't like
1: them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy took a weird turn towards get off my lawn. Like, literal. <laughs> <laughs> literal. Uh, so. Something you said in the break, Paul uh, about this being like marketed or shot directly towards rock critics I think uh, expound on that what do you think? yeah i mean I, I think
3: that this this music, whether you like it or not, again like it's it, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with liking music that's that's pitched like that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say otherwise, but I think it's a little bit annoying when you can see the conscious manipulation of the way a song is structured to make people who either know a lot about music or want to think that they know a lot about music feel really smart by playing spot the influence. Ooh, I saw how you moved from this to that to this between the break and what we've said on mic here, I've heard like 12 different bands referenced right here. And I think all of that's conscious. These guys are very smart. They obviously know how to Work with how to work with their influences, how to work with how people are going to perceive the way that they're manipulating their influences, and I, I, I this happens with movies and TV shows too. I get really bothered when I can kind of see the manipulations going on. Like I want it and to. You be, got, bothered by, uh, got bothered by Mad Men. I got bothered by Mad Men. I got bothered by The Big Short for the same reason. I'm like, and don't, yet, and yet, you still watch The Walking Dead. Come on. That that show is that show is dumb as hell and it knows it's dumb as hell. So I don't think it does know it's dumb okay, as hell. Okay, that's fine. That's even better. Like that show it thinks it's it thinks it's not dumb as hell and it's still Littles dumb as derp. hell.
1: That's great. Um can we can we copy and paste um Paul's bit into um coverage of like uh losing my edge or something? Because I think that's exactly yeah, yeah I think that's I I think I think that's that's um I don't think it's different to do it knowingly with a wink than it is to do it knowingly and just without explicitly saying that's Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Right. And that's, and that's James Murphy's defense. It's just, he's kind of wrapped in a couple of layers of like winking at himself and others and making fun of himself in the process. But, but, but music is, is referential. And, and I just, I, I don't, um, I don't think it's a knock to say that you're going to try to create a, um, take all these existing things and kind of make them into a pastiche and hope that what comes out is original sometimes it's not and sometimes it's shit and that and that assessment is totally subjective obviously yeah yeah um, but I think in this case that I mean that that song to me is just. Like I feel the groove. I just I don't want the song to end. I want uh, my brother to cover it because he plays in this one man band with like laptops and shit, Right. And, like at Burning Man or whatever. Like, just <laughs> seriously, half a cover that song. Um, but but like but it's it's a legit. It's a,
0: <laughs> it's a it's a good song, and it's no no. I feel it, it, you know whenever there is a very real thing that uh, you know. You know, we we did the uh, recommend if you like but we could say critic rock i mean i mean it, it is a thing i am it's hard to be objective about this but like i i'm actually wondering like how that how that works and why critics respond to uh to mm. simply like this kind of stuff because it is dude it, it's bait mm-hmm. it is absolutely they're hanging the bait out like you're going to love this and and you know and naming all these things when it is not, again, an aesthetic that I tend to prefer, but somehow this works for me. Now, like you said, that song we just heard, going into it, I I, I was like, I see all the things they're doing and doing this. But I just very quickly forgot about that and and was able to enjoy the song, which is different than a lot of like bait. Well, and that, Again, and that's fine. it could I mean, be the meds, but,
3: and, and, but, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. It means it connected with you. And I, I, yeah. I look, there's definitely in all media, there are some uh, very academic critic, baity things that I enjoy, but yeah. in, in every instance, they've connected with something personal for me or done something that makes me like get lost in the, in the story or the emotion of what, uh, of what they're trying to do. And this all to me, at least Feels very sterile and surface oriented, Mm -hmm. and and calculated. So you have no place for that. And I just there's for me there's nothing like if I there's even though it's Prague. It's the, But good but good <laughs> but good prog yeah. brings you into the theatricality. The, oh, yeah, prog yeah. I, the
0: prog I like is big. Good prog sits you on the back boisy. of a space whale and you're fucking Absolutely. going. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. A,
3: I don't even have an image in my head for most of this, other than two guys sitting in a studio <laughs> picking up instruments and being like, let's noodle on this now. Yeah and then moving and then moving to the next one.
0: It's Yeah, it is a weird subsection of like when they bring the prog into it. And to be fair, the earlier albums are very very proggy. Uh, and, and a little pop, but more, more in the right. prog stuff and a lot of prog moves that I don't often like, but, uh, yeah, but the, the combination of the two, is just sort of delicious. Like, I think I'm, I
1: think I'm about to make Paul's or support Paul's point, unfortunately, okay. um, a little bit because I, the first time I was listening to this, I kept thinking like, oh, the one thing, like I was sort of, you know, in my, I had a mental checklist of things that I was like, once I got where they were coming from. I was like, I need to hear this and this and this. And at one point I was thinking like, all right, I need a song with like weird, like frippatronic guitars or Mm -hmm. something. And then two tracks later, uh, (laughs) there, there it was. (laughs) So maybe, maybe that's just a testament to how amenable to being manipulated. I am, but, um, (laughs) but, but, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't think that's, that's categorically a bad thing. Um, If you like what the influences are and what the source material is. I I don't
3: think it's categorically a bad thing, but Kevin, you you asked something about what attracts it. Mm -hmm. And I think, and you you see this with critics and academics of all stripes, I think. I don't think any of us are immune to it, nor should we be, because if you like it, you like it. But when you spend a lot of time researching and thinking about and engaging with a particular art form, and then an artist goes out there and checks all those boxes for all the things that you've been researching and writing right. about and thinking about for so long. There's a connection that makes you go, "Oh wait, this guy's me." Or this guy's me if I played a little bit better. You're yeah, no. pl- you're placing yourself into the role of the artist and taking yourself out of the role of the critic. And I think that that self-identification lets this cr- like things that are clearly critic bait, that's what sustains them and that's what attracts I mean, that could explain LCD's sentiment. But LCD did tap into something a little better. And I'll I'll admit, like, I like LCD a lot. I'm nowhere near the LCD fan that you are. Right. Like, but LCD tapped into something bigger with, for lack of a better word, the zeitgeist at the time that got them Uh, out of that. For sure. Got them out of that critic baby place that they started in. Yeah. And made them much, much bigger. I don't see that there's that kind of a hook with these guys. I might be wrong, yeah, but I don't totally, see this it. is totally
1: square. Like no one wants to be it is, it is fucking square. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> no one no one no one is trying to like even Taylor Swift is 1989, right? Not 1984 <laughs> or three. So yeah there's there's nothing you get you get no cool points <laughs> for trying to and sound yeah, like this, the bands that the we're dorki, talking about. This is right. the dorkiest fucking
0: yeah. Right uh, XTC, album. Like
1: people don't want to sound like XTC. People don't want to sound like Cheers for Fears.
0: So. Yeah. Although, I mean, come on, Head Over Heels? <laughs> the the yeah. great the great thing about Head Over Heels is that it's actually not the whole song. It goes into some weird like yep. f- faux techno jam. Right. There's that awesome synth line. The, yeah. b- the bass is fucking kicking that entire song. Right. And then and, it just has and that and it middle synth. And just fades s- into like some yeah. post-apocalyptic. Yep. And I think it goes off into Mother's Talk, maybe. It does, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, God bless the tears. God bless tears for fears. Yeah. So uh, So, Paul...
1: <laughs> I think you know where I'm
0: at on no, this. No, where, where yeah. Let, uh, let the world know where oh, at It's at. a hard pass. Okay. Uh Eduardo? Solid buy. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna buy it too. Nice. I, I think uh to the chagrin of my lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, yeah.
0: This is not a penny dropper of an album right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pull quote for the album. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there you go. Field music comment time. You have now reached the point in the podcast where we like to play a little track for you. Uh, this one uh, is from an album that just came out recently. It's a band that we have... Uh, I've, I've seen them. I forget who I saw them open for, but they were they were mighty impressive. Uh, talking about School of Seven Bells. A uh, little bit of a sad story behind this. Uh, originally, the the band is made up of Alejandra uh, Deheza and Benjamin Curtis. And in 2013, Benjamin Curtis uh, was... Diagnosed with a rare form of T cell lymph T cell lymphoblastic lymphoma, hmm. uh, and later succumbed to that in in 2013. Uh, while they were working on this album, uh, it you know it made headlines uh, because they were on the up and incoming thing. This is when synth pop was just starting to uh, pop. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it really was because we had started the site in 2011, and there was some of that. You know, no, nothing like. What we've got now. Yeah, uh,
3: we covered them in 2012. I think that's that's when we did the the show the show coverage for. Was like, it was it April back of, in 2012? April, tw- April of 2012. But they
0: were opening for somebody, right?
3: Uh, I don't know. They were the main reason that I went to that show. Right? So yeah, I, 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 don't I, I, I know that if they were opening for someone or not. Um.
0: Uh. So they have uh, the new self-titled album out. It will obviously, uh, for tragic reasons, be their last. Uh, so, you know, if you hadn't heard this band, basically you wanted to play a song and maybe check out this band uh, because they were uh, they're pretty damn good. And, yep. you know, even if, if you don't like this kind of stuff. So uh, without will say much more. The track we're going to play is uh, On My Heart. I think it's the second signal from this. So here you go. Uh, On My Heart from School of Seven Bells.
2: before you and that's a week
0: All right, School Seven Bells, On My Heart. Um, you know, I think when this was coming up, we, we were trying to figure out when we covered them. Uh, you, you covered them, Black Cat. I saw them open for Afghan Wigs. So, I mean, the fact that they were getting picked up by Afghan Wigs. Uh, Greg Dooley is a man of impeccable uh, musical taste, regardless whether or not you like Afghan Wigs music. Uh, that is one bad motherfucker. And the fact that he's, like, throwing them like in front of their shows, like some of the first shows in, like, a decade, right, I think. Right uh you know says a lot about what this band might have been uh, going to do uh again unfortunately cut short maybe we'll put some in the show notes where you can like look up not just like this type of specific type of cancer but you know donate if you want want to do that uh be more informed cuz uh you know cancer eats a dick i think yeah, i think does, i think we I mean. are of of the opinion here that that is you know That's our stance. That's our platform. (laughs) I'm I'm buying that stance. That that right there.
3: (laughs) That is a strong, strong position to take.
0: Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) cancer eats a dick. Um, That is our podcast for this week. Uh, Maybe you subscribe to us on iTunes. If not, maybe you should. Maybe you should rate us in iTunes. Maybe you should write us a little review or write us a haiku. That would be cool. It would just (laughs) go in there and be like, here's a haiku of what you think about our podcast. Uh, If you have any questions, you can leave them in the comments section or you can email us directly. Our emails are up on the site. Paul will never respond, but that's okay. I will hack your email and respond (laughs) as you, Paul. Great.
3: (laughs) You can't. you You only get 10 tries in my password. 10 tries.
0: I, I mean I, I I administrate the fucker, so I like about zero tries um and uh and yeah, so uh that's but it. We'll be back uh in a few days. I'm not sure when when this is coming out so Thursday or Monday, but regardless, we are ever present twenty third with a bullet uh <laughs> get it get out and see some uh, good music after you listen to this, maybe listen to the stuff that we just played for you, see if you enjoy it or or even better. Suggest stuff for us To talk yeah. about That is cool Or if you want to come down here You know Maybe I am going to tweet that out soon Very soon <laughs> To join us And then Because I, I revisited the uh, The questionnaire And it's glorious uh, But yeah So that's our podcast uh, Be good to yours Be better to your people we'll talk to you in a few